0: Now, listen to what Paul's trying to say. See, this is something I mean. He's going to talk about reckon yourselves also dead to sin in a moment. And this is, again, and it means that's what you and I have to do. We have to weigh things together and make this decision to understand this. Now, watch. Verse 7. When a man dies, he is freed, loosed, and delivered from the power of sin, isn't he? Because he's dead. (laughs) Sin has no power over him. Verse 8. Now, if we have died with Christ, and again, you see, this is something you have to begin to speak out of your mouth for the reality of it to begin to take effect in your body and in your life. I have died with Christ. This is how, okay, look at me again real quick. Forgive me, but remember, the Bible teaches, this is why the power, why the power of grace is so important. Why? The Bible teaches, you know, there's only three forms that sin comes in. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, okay? That's what it says in 1 John. When Satan himself, now remember, this is so crucial. When Satan himself tempted Jesus Christ, those three major temptations are an example of the lust of the flesh. If you be the son of God, turn these stones into bread. The lust of the eyes, you see all this, all these kingdoms could be yours. The pride of life, excuse me, pride of life is the last one. All these kingdoms should be yours. But he tempted him in the three major categories that a human being could be tempted in. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. How did Jesus Christ, who is our example in everything, were to copy God and imitate God? How did Jesus Christ defeat the temptations of Satan himself? What did he do? It is written, it is written, it is written, right? How do you defeat the temptations of the devil? The same, listen, if, it, if that's the pattern that the Son of God used, don't you understand? That's the pattern that we use. But you have to know the truth so that you can defeat the lie. So this is what I mean, like learning this right here, when sin, remember the Bible says, Lust, having conceived, bringeth forth sin. And sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So lust, remember the word lust just means an inordinate, passionate desire. You can lust after a car. You can lust after food. But the point is, lust or the temptation in and of itself, remember, isn't sin. If that was sin by itself, then Jesus was a sinner because Jesus was tempted In all ways, as we were. This is one of the greatest liberating things to know because as you heard me share in another course, I think I used to think that when I was even tempted that I was already a dirty dog sinner. You know what I mean? Because how could I allow those thoughts to go through my mind or how could I feel like that? I'm supposed to be a man of God. But they were only a temptation. But I used to think that temptation itself was already sin. It isn't. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Because that's good news. Because, but the, if you don't know that, see, the devil's already got you in condemnation. Better anyhow, sin, it says lust having conceived. In other words, there's a conception period before it births itself into where it's actually sin. Anyhow, so the way you begin to defeat temptation is through the revelation of what God's grace has paid for. And you begin to do what it says right here again. It says, now, if we have died with Christ, and this is what you learn to do, you realize I'm dead to that. Now, you may not feel dead to that. Listen, listen. Your flesh may not be dead to it yet, but you and your spirit have been made dead. You've died with Christ. What you have to do is notify your flesh. (laughs) You hear me? See, Paul, remember, Paul is the same one that later says, I have to buffet my body. The word buffet, it says literally in the Amplified. I have to handle. Now now think about This is Paul after Jesus Christ, the chief apostle. And Paul said, I have to handle my body roughly like a boxer. That's what it says in the Greek. In other words, he said, I have to slap this hunk of meat and say, no, I know you want this, but you can't have it. Now, if Paul had to do it, don't tell me you and I don't have to do it. Okay, so understand what he went through. Remember, we're in Romans 6. Remember, Romans 7, again, is where it's going to say, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Thank God through Christ Jesus our Lord for the law. Verse In Romans 8, I mean, if you have to see, this is why I keep saying you have to read Romans 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8 all in one go over and over again to really see the fullness of what he's trying to say. But it's the most liberating five or six chapters of the Bible there is if you really will take the time to meditate on it because this is what grace has done. Shall we continue in sin that grace may be bound? God forbid. You see, this whole thing is about grace. This is why Paul now goes, he's trying to help people understand the difference between their flesh and their spirit and to know what, again, to know how to respond to temptation so that they understand They understand that, wait a second, your body has been trained for years. Sin has played it like an instrument. But now, just like that old nature played your body like an instrument, this new born-again nature, if you'll let it, can begin to play your body like an instrument as well. But this time, it's going to make beautiful music, (laughs) not foul music. All right? But now let me keep reading. Verse 7 again, for when a man dies, he is freed and loosed from the power of sin among men. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Because we know that Christ, the anointed one, being once raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has power over him. Verse 10, for by the death he died. He died to sin, ending his relation to it once for all, and the life that he lives, he is living to God in unbroken fellowship with him. Is that right? How many of you believe that verse? Really? See, don't fall asleep on it. How many of you believe the verse? What does it say? It says, in other words, do you have any problem right now in believing that Jesus Christ right now, because he's died to sin, He ended his relationship with sin by virtue of his death. And that because of that, right now, he is living towards God in perfect, unbroken fellowship. Is that right? You don't have any problem with that. Right? That's Jesus, right? Right? That's Jesus. Well, but what is it going to say about us? See, this is why you have to read these things. You need to know that you know that you know that when God said in Hebrews, I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you, he meant it. It's not your behavior that produces or proves your Christianity. Not ultimately. See, you have to get the revelation of the grace, Christ in you, the hope of glory before your behavior will ever get right. You don't get your behavior right and then come to Christ. But now let me keep reading. Let me read verse 10 again. For by the death he died, he died to sin, ending his relationship to it once for all. And the life that he lives now, he is living to God in unbroken fellowship with him. Now look at verse 11. Now this is the word of the Lord, and this is what the Spirit of God wrote. It says, Even so, or likewise yourself, Consider yourselves also dead to sin, and your relationship to it broken, but alive to God. Do you hear that? But you are to reckon. Now, the word says in in the Amplified, it says, even so consider yourselves. It's in the King James where it says reckon. The word R-E-C-K-O-N. The Greek word for reckon is logizomai, like logic, It's L-O-G-I-O-Z-O-M-A-I. It means to take inventory, to take inventory. And he said, in other words, you need to reckon, think, look at all this stuff, see what's there, and understand that just like Christ has died to sin and ended his relationship to it, you, by virtue of your born again experience, have also had your relationship to sin broken.